Hi everyone. Welcome back to Invisible Scars. This is Michelle Via Piano. Tonight I am talking to my friend Gina. Um, a lot of you have been waiting to hear her story. So I need to give you a little bit of an introduction. So Gina um, is actually the ex-wife of my ex. And we'll go into a little more detail on that. But Gina is like a sister to me, one of my best friends. Um, we do everything together. Um, we have family time together. We've gone on vacation together. Um, we spend holidays together, right? I mean, Gina, I can't think of anything that we don't do together. Yeah. So, so what I'd like to do is kind of explain to everyone or have everyone kind of see some of the similarities. So um, I, I want to start with, I met him when I was on vacation um, in February of 1999. Um, when did you meet him and where did you meet him? So I actually met him. It was February, I believe, as well, um, but in 2006, and I had gone on vacation by myself uh, to Cancun, Mexico for a very much needed break. Okay. Um, so everyone knows that I am, I am married um, to my husband, Paul, um, and he actually proposed to me in, in Disney, in Orlando, Florida. Um, and where did our ex propose to you? Uh, he actually proposed to me in Orlando, Florida as well. Okay. Um, uh, my husband and I got married November 10th, 2006. And when did you guys get married? You and our ex. Uh, I know you don't believe me. Our original wedding date was supposed to be November 17th, um, but it ended up um, for whatever family reasons um, that I couldn't pick that date. And so our second date uh, that we chose and ended up getting married on uh, was November 10th. Um, the year after you, Michelle, in 2007. Okay. And I, I, know, I know that you and I have had this conversation that it was, you know, it wasn't planned, but in my heart of hearts, I know he, I know that he had taken some pleasure in that. I don't know. Oh, That's I, my at this point, I would definitely say no doubt. Okay. In retrospect. So, so there's a couple of more similarities. In um, we we got a, a puppy in 2009. When did you guys get a puppy? We ended up getting a puppy um, in the fall of 2009 as well. Yeah. Okay. Sunny. And sunny. 
And we had our daughter, Marissa, August of 2010. And when did you guys have Juliana? Oh, well, I was thinking about this. I don't know. I know. I think I've mentioned this to you, but I came and visited you when you Mm -hmm. had Marissa. And I Mm -hmm. knew when I went to visit you, I hadn't told anybody else, but I knew I was pregnant with Juliana at that point. Mm -hmm. And nine months later, Juliana was born in uh, April of 2011. 2011. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, you know, when you when you let that sink in, it's kind of crazy. And I, I always felt that way. But then when you and I spoke at Never Alone Again, when we told people that little piece of our story, they, you remember the looks on their faces? They, they were, they were dumbfounded. Yeah. Dumbfounded. And, and then they're like, you guys were with this, you married the same guy. And I'm like, no, I never married him. Thank God. But, <laughs> lucky you. <laughs> but, lucky me. I know. But, um, but yeah, so we share an ex and I'm so grateful that we do because that brought you and us together. So um, I'm happy. Sure that. did. Me too. So, okay. So when, when you first met him, what was your perception of him? What did you think of him as a parent or person or? I mean, as a person, he was definitely very charming, very, um, happy-go-lucky, very confident. Um, And certainly I got the impression that he, you know, was very much involved and hands-on father um, of his kids. Okay. And what was his um, relationship with his family? Did he have a close relationship with them? I know when I was with them, they were always, we were always with, the brothers and the nieces and everything. And, you know, was that the same kind of involvement you guys had? I would say so. Yes. Um, as far as, you know, um, his siblings for sure. And then his parents, um, he was somewhat close to them, but not really. Um, most of the time I felt like we were, visiting because it was a matter of childcare and dropping mm-hmm. off or picking up one of the kids. Um, there were times where we would just be waiting in the car. And I remember feeling so uncomfortable because the way I grew up, like you would never right. go to your parents' house and like have them watch your kid all day and spend, you know, the whole day there and then just go pick them up without going in, saying hello to your parents, giving them a hug, a kiss, a, how was your day, right. anything like, and it was, you know, just bizarre to me, but, you know, I didn't feel it was ever my place to say anything. Okay. And so, so how about the relationship with his mom? <laughs> Uh, that was definitely, um, a topic of (laughs) 
discomfort. Um, mm-hmm. it, he didn't seem to have the best relationship with his mother. Um, he did not speak well of her. She certainly did not speak well of him. And, you know, till this day, I regret never really listening to her. And she, she tried to speak to me on a couple separate occasions um, and give me a, a piece of her mind of, as far as who her son was and what kind of person he was. And it always made me, you know, very uncomfortable. And I would just kind of shrug it off and say, you know, um, I really think this is something, you know, between you and your son, I don't want to get in the middle. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they definitely did not have a, you know, typical loving mother-son relationship um, at all. Right. And like I, I mentioned in the past, she she tried to tell me that that person that I was with at that time was not her son. So like she tried to tell me, she tried to tell you, and that's just... I mean, it's just mind blowing to me. So when do you feel like your relationship uh, with him, when you, when you were first together, how was your relationship? Like, were you close? Did you get along? Oh, we, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have married him if I didn't feel that, you know, we had a good relationship and we got along and I mean, we always had fun when we, got together and did things and spent time together. You know, I lived in Massachusetts at the time and he made the effort to, you know, travel up on the Mm -hmm. weekends to come see me and vice versa. You know, he definitely put the effort forward and I, you know, thought I had a great guy and was really lucky. He puts on such a good show. It's amazing. You should get an Oscar. Yeah. Um, when when do you feel like your relationship or that um, that dynamic changed with you guys? So I would have to say um, the one thing that sticks out mostly to me is it was uh, about six months. A little over six months after we had gotten married, um, his mother actually suddenly died. Um, she had been ill, but I don't think maybe she told the family everything that was going on with her. So everybody was sh- quite shocked. Yeah. Um, but definitely, we didn't expect it. Yeah, yeah. So, and I just. I remember things drastically changing at, after that period in time specifically, for sure. And what, and what changed in what way? Um, just the way he would speak to me. Um, he didn't seem to have the same amount of tolerance with things. I felt I always was bothering him, irritating him. Um, he never wanted to be home. He was, you know, always out with his friends or playing video games. Um, 
just always disconnected. Okay. I I remember being the same in the same situation and his favorite line was uh I can't take care of you guys if I don't take care of myself and I have to spend time with my friends and I have to go out and um which is kind of what that pattern never changed. Oh yeah, and I, I remember there were times he said similar things to me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So that was 2008, right? And then, um, did you have anybody around you? Because I know your family was in Massachusetts. So, did you have anyone that you were able to talk to about concerns about your relationship? Because at the time, you and I were not that close. Because honestly, I tried everything in my heart to not like you because. Um, I could only because you were with him and I, well, you know, we would go to, uh, concerts for Jordan and Jordan would be like, mommy, sit with Gina. And I'm like, Oh God, do I have to sit with her again? But, um, but the reality was I didn't like him and it had nothing to do with you. And the fact that you and I, um, were the ones that we would schedule stuff accordingly and figure out who was picking her up and figure out who was taking her to a party. We built this relationship, but at at the time we, we weren't close and you never would have listened to anything I told you about him. So probably not. I would imagine, you know, as an ex of anybody, I mean, everybody breaks up for their own reasons and yeah, sure. Who knows? God only knows what that, you know, had that happened to where we'd be today, but. Right. So who was, so you had a, did you have a friend or someone that you would go to that you went to or confided in? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I definitely had my family and a couple close friends from home, but, um, I became really close friends with, um, a neighbor down the road, um, Jordan, your daughter. Mm -hmm. And, her daughter uh, were really good friends, and um, m- my ex knew the family um, from the mm-hmm. kids hanging out, and she was married at the time. Um, and we would, you know, spend time with, you know, them as a couple. Um, and they didn't have a great relationship either. So the, you know, both of us would, when we'd get together, um, you know, share our frustrations, our issues everything. Basically, she became who I considered was my best friend here in New York once I moved Mm -hmm. to New York. Okay. So I know the relationship changed, but when did you start to feel or suspect that something was not right between you guys anymore? Uh, well, like I said, I, I definitely, you know, once his mom died, noticed subtle little things. For example, mm-hmm. um, I mean, he had known well before we got married. I have a long history of anxiety and depression, and he knew that. And, mm-hmm. you know, there were times where he walked me through it and helped me through my anxiety and had the patience with me. And, um, I had established a therapist and whatever here in, uh, New York and, um, he, 
you know, started to use my depression and anxiety against me more than mm-hmm. try to help me. He would get frustrated with me um, and tell me, you know, that it, anytime I had some, a concern, he would always say, that's just you, you're insecure. It's your depression. It's your anxiety. You need help. Um, and would put me down in those, you know, little different uh-huh. ways. Um, and I remember one time I worked in New York city at the time and I literally took two trains, two subways. It took me like almost two hours to commute back and forth when I worked a 12 hour shift. And I remember one time, this is another example. I fell asleep on the train on the way back and I missed my stop. And it was definitely within the first year we were married. And, um, I panicked. I got off at the next stop. I panicked. I called him. It was, I don't even remember what time at night. It was certainly late. Um, I would say 10, 11 o'clock. And I had to call a couple times before he even answered. And long story short, he, you know, was annoyed that I missed my stop and um, told me to call a cab rather than offer to come and get me. And, um, and I just, I just remember being so upset and beside myself and I didn't know where I was cause I was fairly new to the area and he just, you know, showed no consideration. And basically after, when I got off the phone with him, he said, I'll leave the money in the mailbox for you when you get home for the taxi. Seriously? Oh yeah. I don't think I knew that. <laughs> I don't. I never told you that oh one. Oh my God. I don't think so. No, I would have yeah. remembered that one. I knew you missed the stop. I don't know that you told me about the money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Didn't, like I said, just didn't even offer to pick me up. Like, okay, honey, don't worry. I know where you are. You're going to be okay. Right. I'll come get you. No, you know, just matter of fact, get a taxi. Money will be in, in the mailbox for you to give them when you get home. And so what was, how did you feel about that? Like, was it a one-time thing or, um, well, no, how, how did you feel? What did it make you feel like? Oh, it made, I mean, I felt like shit. I mean, like I said, I was beside myself, you know, I was upset. I missed my stop. Um, I didn't know where I was, so I was panicking and it was late at night and I was worried, like, you know. What if I can't get a hold of, like, who do I call? Where do I call? Um, And how did you feel towards him? I was definitely disappointed. I was upset. I was hurt. I, you know, was angry. Um, Mm -hmm. But he didn't validate any of that. Yeah, because he never does. It's it's always uh, us. Um, Yeah. So, okay. So did you, so now you, you felt like things were changing with you guys. Did you try to talk about it or go to therapy or like what, when you would go, when you would approach him that you thought there were concerns in the relationship, what was his response? Oh, his immediate response was always, you know, it's you, it's, you know, your depression and anxiety, you need to work on it. Um, 
you know, I asked him to come to therapy with me and he refused. Um, at one point, one of the first therapists that, you know, I had started out with, um, he finally agreed, you know, after much hesitation and, um, she had formed obviously her own opinion before he came in and and met Mm -hmm. with her, but long story short, you know, she, during the meeting pointed out a few of his misgivings, if you will. And, um, and he didn't like it. He did not like being told that, you know, he could have done something differently or that he could have done something better that he could have, did he, could he see where he was maybe part of the problem? He refused to see any of that. And I remember after that, he told me he'll, he would never go back and he wanted me to change therapists. And And did you change? Stupidly, I did. Yeah. And then what happened? Um, I went through a few off and on because he would come to one meeting after, you know, having to beg and plead with him to just, you know, come and work on things. And the second somebody would call him out on his bullshit, so he, he would get upset and ask me to see somebody else until I finally, you know, came to a point where I said, no, I'm not changing anymore. Not me. You know, I don't know if you remember, but um, when Jordan, when I guess after you guys had separated, Jordan um, went to talk to a therapist and he found the therapist and he didn't tell me he was taking her to a therapist, which he should have as a minor. I should have known. Um, But once I found out, you know, I went and had a session with her and he had sessions with her. And after the therapist heard or seen my interaction with Jordan and heard my perspective, she called him out on it. And then he, he stopped bringing Jordan there and made her go to another therapist. But the interesting thing was the person that, that. remember, and do you remember who Mm -hmm. he made her go see her father? It was the therapist's father. So I don't know what he was thinking, but it was her damn father. Right. So, um, but he made Jordan change her, her therapist. And I, I, I don't, I don't know if I knew about him making you change therapist because we hadn't really talked about a lot of that stuff. No, that was before you and I, you know, became mm-hmm. particularly close. Right. Like then, Yeah. So, okay. So at some, so I'm sure that there are a lot of examples of of some of this stuff that you guys went through, but one thing I want to touch on, and and I know you will probably be more than one episode, my dear. Um, So so now you feel like your relationship isn't right and something's going wrong. You suspect? Do you suspect him of having someone else or whatever? At first, no. Um, we definitely off and on always had our own issues, whether it was um, my depression. He felt my depression and anxiety or the topic of starting our own family or um, that he. I felt like he was always leaving me on the weekends with the kids while he went out and worked a second job because he thought he was going to be this big bark 
owner with his friends and mm-hmm. decided to invest his money in, in that and would be out till all hours of the morning and thought it was okay just, you know, always leaving me behind. It was always something or another. And, um, and always with all the kids, right? Because that's what he did to me. Every weekend yeah. I had all oh, the yeah. kids and myself. He, okay. He knew I would take care of them. He knew that right. they were in good hands. And right. where was I going to go? My family and majority of my friends are all in Massachusetts. So, mm-hmm. you know, he knew he had somebody that he could rely on. Right. Um, and then it wasn't until the year, I would say before I filed for divorce that I started to suspect anything with a female. With your neighbor. Yeah. Okay. Right. Close family friend. Well, yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. At least you thought. I thought. Right? She was, yeah. yeah. She was in the room when Juliana was born, right? I I remember because I went, I brought Jordan to the hospital when you were in labor. No, no, no. Please don't get upset. Don't get upset. You need to take a break. No, it's. It's funny because Juliana asked me a few weeks ago for some reason. And um, she asked me if there's a video of her being born. And I'm sure he has it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I told her she'd have to ask her dad and if he even still had it, but that she should know um, that my friend is in the video because she at the time was my friend. And I let her into that part of my world and now they bought a house together yeah now they're you know she's victim number four don't worry yeah. you're so much better off i don't um, even care you know like they're perfect right. for each other in my eyes right. <laughs> in terms of the type of people they are but right. um that's you know difficult reality to you know just have she's my only child I'll I don't plan on having more children you know mm-hmm. I'm getting too old for that anyway but uh you know to think of that really sucks mm-hmm. I know I don't know anyway so let's talk about when you find I remember you called me and um, well, let me, let me rewind a second. There was a point where he decided that he was going to spend a lot of time with Jordan and he was going to take her like to all these different States and go to all these different amusement parks, just her, not, not any of the other kids, just her. And I remember saying to everyone that I knew that there's a problem with Gina and he's trying to get Jordan on his side. And I, I knew I felt in my heart before you even told me that there was something going on with the neighbor, just because of things that Jordan would tell me he would do. But then you remember that year you and I, um, we met for lunch. We were, I think we were exchange, were we exchanging Christmas gifts. I don't even know, but we went to the cheesecake Christmas factory. Christmas gifts. Yeah. Christmas, right? 
and um and you told me what was going on and I was like I freaking knew it I knew I knew exactly what he was doing I knew what he was doing yeah so how okay so how did you decide to make that choice to to leave uh it wasn't an easy one but you know um certainly after being repeatedly told you know it's all me it's all me and changing therapists and years of the you know same thing over and over and just for one i i ended up with one therapist who basically got me through my divorce and mm-hmm. um to make the decision and you know she really um validated a lot of my feelings and aside from that um you know i had suspected something was going on i even tried confronting my friend and my ex both of which denied anything was going on called me crazy um and honestly at that point i had seriously um it was probably it was the fall of 2013 i i actively started looking into um lawyers and mm-hmm. i tried to gather some information and i just had a really hard time though pulling the trigger i talked to my parents i needed some financial help which they were willing to to give me but there was just I just couldn't pull the trigger until um, Christmas Eve of 2013. Um, I remember it as clear as day. And um, just it's one of those moments where you, the light bulb Mm -hmm. goes on and you never look back. Right. So... Um, didn't you go into I, their ha- into her house? <laughs> so, I'll. So <laughs> I'm sorry. Was, so I. It was Christmas Eve. We were supposed to go to a family friend's house for dinner, which we had done the past, you know, previous years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had worked that day, so I had come home and. Um, showered and changed from work and he was going to walk the dog. So by the time I was ready, he still was out walking the dog. And I mean, it doesn't take me long to get ready, but you know, half hour at most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, half hour later, he's still not back from walking the dog. And I, I ended up calling him because I was kind of annoyed that I was just sitting around waiting and we had some place to be. So I called him and he did pick up and I asked him, I'm like, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to go. When are we going to go? I'm like, where are you? And he said, I'm at the neighbor's house. And there was only one neighbor we were mutually friends Mm -hmm. with at all. So I knew what neighbor he was talking about. And that just fueled a fire in me 
And I got my shoes on and I said, I'm going to walk over there and go get my husband. So I did. And at this point, she and I weren't talking. She I, refused to talk to me anymore. And, uh, but her front door was open. The, you know, glass door was just open and he was in the doorway, uh, in the stairs. It was like a split level. So you would go mm -hmm. upstairs and, um, I walked in and they were, she was upstairs in the kitchen with her mom and kind of looked surprised. So did my ex kind of like, what is she doing here? But both said hi. Mm -hmm. And I uh, went up into the kitchen and I said hello to her and her mother. They were cooking. And she's like, hi, how are you? And I said, great, how are you? Yeah. It was very awkward. Don't get me wrong. It was extremely awkward. And I said, uh, you know, Merry Christmas. Mm -hmm. And um, I said to her, I said, you know, you're enjoying a drink with my husband? And she goes, no, I'm not enjoying a drink. Uh, what do you mean? What I said, I don't know. I just, you know, I just got here. So, and then she just, I didn't see it coming. She, I didn't even know what was happening. I didn't know what I intended to happen when I went over there. Um, but she literally put her hands on me and said, you know what? Get the fuck out of my house. And she proceeded to, gr with her firm grasp, push mm -hmm. me down the set of stairs, past my ex as he's laughing as she's doing this. And my poor little three-year-old is there with him. He had taken uh, Juliana mm -hmm. for the walk too. And um, she proceeds to push me out the front door. And she like was so vicious and angry. Like I literally had to, and I'm not one to hit people. I literally had to punched her, so to speak, in the chest, like to push her off of me, to let go of me. And I proceeded to walk home with my ex walking with my daughter and the dog behind me calling me a fucking idiot about a hundred times until we got home. And that was my deciding point, pretty much. There was a little bit more to that, but... What did he do that day, Christmas Eve? He he left the house without me. Um, I ended up having to call the police because he wouldn't let me come to the family gathering. Um, he ended up against my will, taking my daughter and um, the other two kids um, to the family event and made me mm -hmm. stay home. And, um, do you remember calling me, me that night? You because we spoke, you called me and told me what happened. I don't, I can't say that I remember. I'm not surprised I that I did because I know yeah. I asked you 
before all that happened that if I needed a place, you still had mm-hmm. your condominium at the time. And I was trying right. to figure it's- out what I would do living mm-hmm. wise. Right. I tried to get you to come over that night, but you didn't want to come over. And I, I don't blame you. I, I totally get it. So, so you finally, you saw, you kind of saw that you were right. You know, like you had what you needed. You had that final, you know, that light bulb moment that said, I knew it. I knew I wasn't wrong all this time. I knew it. So no doubt. So at what point then did you decide to tell him that you didn't want to be with him anymore? Um, so I basically waited for, you know, Christmas to pass. Obviously it was the next day, um, which he left me alone all day. Christmas day, took the kids and went to his family's house again, uninvited me, told me that I could stay home, um, and wouldn't allow me to be part of any of it. Um, and, I think it was the day after Christmas, the soonest time I could, obviously Christmas day, I couldn't call my lawyer, but, um, there had been one I, you know, met with that I felt good about. And I called her and I said, fill out the paperwork and serve him. I'm done. And it was a matter of a week or two before he got served. So when he found out. So can, and I know, I know that, um, like I said, you're going to be more than an episode, but so after you told him or he found out, what was his reaction? His, I, I remember that night we, you know, we barely talked. I stayed out of the house most of the day. Um, he had called me, um, once he got served, I believe, and I wouldn't really talk to him and eventually did once we got home. And I remember being in bed and it's the only time he, you know, said really anything to try to save our marriage. And, um, he, he said, come on, Gina. He's like, let's just cut the bullshit between the two of us. And I was so angry, like, cause it wasn't even like anything I had towards him. I had tried getting him to go to therapy. I had tried working on us. I had tried this, tried that, tried to lose weight, tried to work on my depression and anxiety. Everything he like ever said was my issue. And that was the only thing he had to say. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even respond to him. I just went to sleep and it never came up again. Okay. And so how, so now what happened? What did your attorney tell you about leaving that house and, and what you could do? So unfortunately, um, he wasn't going to let me leave with my daughter. And she advised mm-hmm. me against leaving without her. And there was no way in hell I was ever going to leave that house if she wasn't 
going to be able to come with me. Um, so I kind of was, you know, forced to stay there, um, until we worked as, you know, custody basically, um, out, which took quite a while. And, and how long? It was almost a full year. Full year. So can you, um, can you just explain to everyone what that year looked like and I know it's hard because it, it was tough Oof, it, it was tough and, and um, I know I, I spent time crying about it and but if you could just explain what what happened and kind of what he did it was by far probably the most painful year of, I would say my entire life. Um, I mean, it was a control thing. Um, I wasn't allowed to talk to any of the other kids. He managed to, um, tell them stories. I don't even know if I know half of the stories he told them, but basically, uh, wouldn't allow me to speak to them. Um, they weren't allowed so when to they were in the house, you weren't allowed to talk to them. No, I, I was forbidden. I, I got yelled at once for actually doing Jordan's laundry. Um, he told mm -hmm. me to fucking keep my hands off of her fucking laundry. Was just trying to help out and do like what I mm -hmm. always did because I always help with everybody's laundry except for his, he always did his own, mm -hmm. but, um, I got yelled at for that. I I I couldn't even so much as look at them. I would get in trouble or they would get in trouble. Um, I essentially, to make it easier on myself, ended up basically living out of my bedroom. Thankfully, my bedroom had, you know, a bathroom in it. So there was a shower and, you know, I didn't really have to do leave my room right. much other than to get food or if I had to go to work. Um, he actually, you know, I, I had to go as far as getting a schedule while we lived together because he would manipulate the time with Juliana and he would kind of lure her to spend time with the other kids and, um, you know, he had such a strong personality and I didn't dare go against him. I was afraid of him. And so I literally had to bring it up in court and we ended up having like a regular custody schedule in the same house while we lived together until we could come up with a schedule we both agreed with once we would live apart which makes absolutely no sense. Um, but that was a really long, hard battle. And um, yeah. So what happened like for meals and stuff? What did you guys do? How did you coexist with that? Because you're talking uh, four kids, right? Four, the four, if they were all there. And right, you and him. So, what was that like? 
Um, I mean, it was very uncomfortable. I mean, there were times I had to go into the kitchen when they were all in there and eating. Um, but I needed to be able to take care of myself. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, again, I just wasn't allowed to look at them. I wouldn't look at him. I wouldn't look at anybody. I'd just go get what I needed, take my food to my room and eat my room. Thankfully I had a TV there too. So, you know, um, I lived up, I, I've said that a million times. I basically lived in my bedroom. Yep. The only place I felt comfortable. And I know, I know you were scared. What, what were some of the things that scared you? Because I remember you would call me or email me or text me and say, if anything happens to me, make sure they know it was him. Oh, God. Because you were scared. Do you remember that? I definitely remember saying that to you. And I would say that to my sister and my parents. Uh, actually, not my dad, because he would have. I know. Had a very hard time with that. Um, He just had a level of anger that scared me. He, I have to say, I'm thankful he was never physical. Um, with the exception of one time I thought he was going to be, and I had to call the police because I was so scared. And at that point, he had picked up. A tel- the television in our bedroom. He had unplugged it. And this was before we even like, um, we're in the middle of our divorce, actually. Mm-hmm. We had gotten into some stupid, nasty argument. I don't even remember what about, but he had unplugged the TV in our bedroom, picked it up, and I thought he was going to throw it, but he ended up just putting it down on the bed and, you know, basically told me I could take my TV and move back to Massachusetts. And, um, but I did, I called the police, the police showed up and he had scared me that much. Mm -hmm. I just felt like I didn't know what was going to happen and that something bad could have happened. Um, but thankfully, What, what amazes me is the number of times between you and I, and the kids that the police were called to that house, same house. Cause we lived in, you live in the house that I lived in with him. Mm-hmm. And yet they would just keep going to the house. Like everything was okay. And even the cops made us and you feel like we were crazy for calling them. Yeah. Yeah, and there was never anything that they could do. Could do. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember at one point, my my lawyer basically tried telling me to let him put his hands on me. I know. So I would actually have something for them to use against him. I know. And he I remember. Was always smart enough to know just enough what he yeah. shouldn't do to cross the lines. Right. I, I remember was. so many times wishing he would hit me just because I I would have something against him. 
Mm-hmm. And he just friggin' never did it. Not that I wanted to get hit and not that I would want you to get hit, but that's, it's just, it, it blows my mind that that's what it takes to get people to realize that you're in danger. You know, it's, it's scary. And, and that's when it's, you know, sometimes too late. Yep. And that's what's scary to think that my lawyer even, I mean, I, <laughs> I ended up firing this particular lawyer. Um, <laughs> I remember. And thank God I got somebody else. But I, I'll never forget that. I thought she was crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's how... That's the law. That's how it is. Yeah, the laws don't protect women in these types of verbally, emotionally abusive relationships. Right. And the thing is, you, I know I did, and and I know that you and I have spoken, but you just, we were, we weren't physically hit. But we were beaten down to the point where we didn't think we were worth anything. And it was and it was always us. You know, and, Oh yeah. No doubt. You know, with with me, it was Jordan and the other two kids. With you, it was your daughter and the other three kids. And and these kids, you know, Joe, Jasmine, Jordan have been through this for friggin' You were with him seven years. I was with him seven years. You're talking 14 years of their lives. Right. Of going through this. And, um, like, no, I always felt bad about that. And I know, I know there were times Jordan would call me crying. And I would say to her, where's Gina? And then she'd put you on the phone and you were crying. And then I'm like... (laughs) I'm crying because I'm like, oh my God, the person my kid is with is going through this. Like I left to get her out of it. I left him to have a better life for my daughter and she's right back in the middle of it. Not, and it was, I was never about you. I knew it was about him, Right. but you know, like, I I, I don't know. I, I just don't understand how people don't see it. I don't know. Well, when somebody is as strong-willed and convincing as he is and manipulative, you believe what they tell you. And especially for somebody, at least I can speak for myself, you know, I wasn't one who had a lot of self-confidence. I doubted myself by nature. That was just part of who I was. And I think he knew that and, you know, used that to his advantage to, you know, play me and make me doubt myself. You know, he was always so confident. I never questioned him. I questioned myself and I believed everything he said was true until, you know, (laughs) Actually, maybe after all, maybe he did do me a, a favor changing therapist after therapist because after a while, after more than one, the third one, the fourth one, telling me, Gina, this is not you. 
you know, and at least hearing from different people aside from my friends and family that, you know, it wasn't me. Then I started to finally realize, you know, maybe it's not me. Right. It validates what you're feeling. Absolutely. And then talking to you and hearing, you know, what you went through as we slowly became to really develop a friendship that was more than anything I would have ever, you know, imagined Mm -hmm. us to be. And Mm -hmm. it essentially brought us together because of our similar experiences. I know. Yeah. It's weird, right? But but as uh, people say, there's no such thing as a coincidence, right? We've mm-hmm. heard that a million times lately. Yeah. Um, so I I know that we have a lot of um, more stuff, you know, more topics, stuff to discuss. But it's been almost an hour. Yeah. Can you believe it's been almost an hour? Um, so yeah. we'll definitely. Um, Gina will definitely be back. Um, and I know, I know this was hard, Gina. I, I know it's hard to talk about. It's hard. It's hard for me and it's hard. And, and we're actually, while we're on the phone, because we can't be in the studio, we're actually looking at each other on, on the camera on zoom, just to be able to support each other. Cause it just makes it easier. Absolutely. Um, but I really appreciate, um, you sharing your story with everyone. Oh, I absolutely, you know, I know you're doing this to help people and definitely I want to be able to, I'm, I feel honored that you're allowing me to be part of that. Oh my God. uh, It's our story. It's, it's, and that's, you know, it's funny because it is, it's, it's, it's my story. It's your story, but it's our story. And it's, it's the same person. And that's, that's, what people need to see. And I'm determined to get victim number one in this, if she would agree to it, you know, but you and I know we're, we're having some challenges with getting her to talk about it, but you know, yeah, there's three of us right. that have gone down this, this road for the last 28 years with him. So, mm-hmm. um, I just, I hope it stops. And, you know, our daughters, well, my daughter doesn't have anything to do with them anymore, but um, unfortunately yours does and we've yeah. got to fix it. We've got to fix it and make it right for her. So anyway, so, you know, I love you. You're my buddy. I love you too. And um, we'll definitely talk again. Okay. Sounds All good. Right. So thank you guys it. for listening. We'll be back soon. Never Alone Again, Domestic Violence Organization and Resource Center is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that was created in 1999 to offer empathetic support for victims of domestic abuse. Motivated by personal experience and the awareness of a need for a safe haven, NAG was developed. We are a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to providing high quality and individually tailored support services to victims and survivors of domestic violence abuse and families in need. www.neveraloneagain.org